0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Alabama podcast from Business Alabama Magazine. I'm Alec Harvey, Executive Editor of Business Alabama Magazine, and my guest today is Dr. Gary Zank, the Aerojet Rocketdyne Chair of the University of Alabama in Huntsville's Department of Space Science, and also the Director of UAH's Center for Space Plasma and Aeronomic Research. On this episode, he's talking about a project he's leading to discover new applications for Plasma. Please join me as I talk to Gary Zang on the Business Alabama podcast. Gary, thank you for joining me on the Business Alabama podcast today.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation, Alec. Looking forward to this.
0: So can we start with you just telling me who you are and where you are and, and, and what you're doing leading up to the, the grant that we're going to be talking about for a while here? my name is gary zank as as you introduced and um
1: i'm at the university of alabama in huntsville where i'm i'm a distinguished professor i'm director of the center for space plasma and aeronomic research and also chair of the department of space science Um, i grew up in south africa i did all my degrees there at a small university called the university of Natal. I spent some time as a postdoc in Germany uh, before moving across to the U.S., where I've been both in Delaware, the University of Delaware, the Bartle Research Institute there, moved across to the University of California system, where I was director of the Institute for Geophysics and Planetary Physics at the University of California in Riverside, and then became system-wide director. And then I, I received an offer I couldn't refuse from the University of Alabama in Huntsville, and I was very happy to bring across my research team, which at the time consisted of, consisted of about 21 researchers, so it was a, an enormous cross-country move that we had to do and um, i've been in at the university since 2008 uh, very happily enjoying the positions and the opportunities that huntsville as a growing entrepreneurial um, and very space-oriented initially and i guess still is today but broadening um, city so we have um, really blossomed in this alabama huntsville environment
0: so what we're going to be talking about for the most part today is a big project you're involved with, your Principal Investigator for Future Technologies and Enabling Plasma Processes, a grant there. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, uh, that's correct. It's a lot easier to use the acronym, which is We will from here on out. But the title, to some extent, says it all. It's it's a very large National Science Foundation-funded project. It's what's called an EPSCOR Track 1. It's, um, this is the second one we've got consecutively. It's a, each of these is a $20 million grant spread over um, five years. Um, there's a um, large Alabama consortium that was put together for this particular grant. And the title itself is, is sort of suggestive in that the grant focuses on utilizing plasma I uh, can tell you a little bit about plasma in rel- relatively straightforward terms in a minute, um, but utilizes plasma <clears throat> to develop interesting new technologies that are likely to have, one, a significant societal effect, and B, hopefully make a lot of money for some people who can utilize those technologies in a business and commercial environment.
0: Speaking of plasma, in in this instance, what what are we talking about when we're talking about plasma? First, what plasma is
1: not, it's not the um, liquid that's in our bodies, not that particular plasma. The plasma uh, that we're interested in is is essentially something that looks like, feels like, and smells like a gas. The primary difference between the gas that we breathe in outside is the um, presence of charged particles. So if you remember back to your high school physics, there are protons and electrons, and these each carry a charge. So those kinds of charged particles are present in a plasma, and it's those, that mixture of charged particles and neutral particles, like the oxygen, the nitrogen that we breathe daily, that's what makes interesting things happen. And I can talk a little bit more about those interesting things if 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 you want um, but essentially, there are sort of chemical and and different kinds of reactions between the charged and the uncharged particles. One of the nice things about a chemically active plasma is that it can is that it can um, sterilize materials without damaging the materials, and so you can use plasma for sterilization purposes, which of course is incredibly important to the medical industry for a ton of different interesting reasons. Another thing that's, that's quite interesting is, is uh, for those of us who are older in the audience, we have to worry about things like heart attacks. And what do we use to try to prevent heart attacks? We use stents. We try to use stents to improve the blood flow through our, through our blood vessels. And the problem with a stent is that it's never completely smooth, in a sense, to liquids. Liquids tend to pile up, coagulate, and they create more blood clots. And so if you had a stent that was hydrophilic, that is, it, is, um, it does not want to allow water to stick to it, well, then liquids will flow through a stent without coagulating. And so we currently have, for example, a catheter in development, which in fact reduces the amount of slippage that the, the, um, that blood flow through a stent would normally have, and so reduces the, uh, the possibility of coagulation. So as you can imagine, stents that are incredibly slippery to water would be a, a godsend to the heart industry. Because it would reduce the possibility that future um, that future blood clots after a heart attack would form. So there's just an incredible range of things that plasma allows you to do, which you would never, never ordinarily think of. And that, interestingly enough, is a connection between plasma, the gas, and plasma, the blood.
0: Uh, it sounds so wide-ranging, but what you're doing is going to rely in part on entrepreneurs. You, you mentioned the entrepreneur community in Huntsville and and tech experts correct
1: that's absolutely correct so so what we're doing and what we're good at is is developing both the underlying theoretical and modeling components of that of those interesting technologies and then we've got another group who take a lot of those ideas theoretical ideas modeling ideas and utilize that to develop these interesting technologies, the catheter, the sterilization, uh, things like the sterilization of, of chicken, for example, because chicken in, 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 in Alabama is a huge industry, the sterilization and cleaning of eggs, another thing you, one wouldn't ordinarily think of. So we've got a group of people who are working on the technology side and another group who are working on the um, development of theory and models and the implementation of those. So there's a good connection between that. Where all of this falls down, and this is typical of of any kind of research activity, is this existence of the, in a sense, valley of death, where all good technology ideas go and die. And the problem is, how do you go from good ideas, demonstration ideas, to commercializing those ideas? And so, <clears throat> this is where we're looking to the Huntsville and the broader Alabama business community for, in a sense, guidance. They've been through this kind of process. How do you take a good idea and turn it into a commercially viable idea? So, their insights and their input into A, how do you identify what is potentially a good product is clearly necessary to us. And then, B, if you've identified that product project, what are the steps that are really needed to ensure that you cross this valley of death? How do you get a good idea into the commercial environment? And so we don't have that expertise. We are, we're you know sort of physicists, space scientists, engineers, but we're not business people, and business people have a much clearer understanding of what is needed than we do. And so we're looking to the business community to try to take these ideas into that commercial realm. And part of the reason we're interested in doing that is that there's a question of what comes after this kind of, of large proposal. And the answer is or large grant, and the answer is an even larger opportunity. And that larger opportunity is a technically a technical um, in, innovation program that the NSF has just, just begun. It's all related to the CHIPS Act and various other things. But essentially, there's an opportunity for Alabama to become a regional engine in plasma physics and the technologies that go along with it. And that's a 10-year National Science Foundation-funded endeavor. And with it comes something on the order of $160 million. And so the idea behind that is to create, in essence a regional powerhouse in the use of plasma physics to build a technologically and commercially successful new enterprise throughout the state of Alabama.
0: And to do that competently, you're going to need a competent workforce. And uh, in some of my reading, I, I, I saw where you're already working to cultivate that workforce.
1: Exactly right. So, so we're looking for two things. One is, is we're looking for people who would be willing to um, engage in what we've nominally called an industry liaison board that would feed. We're not looking for funding. We're looking for expertise and interest and, and energy. And so we're looking to the business community to help populate that industry liaison board to provide us with the guidance, help us with identifying those projects that are of particular importance and relatively straightforward to transition. And yes, the second component is to develop that workforce. So we're looking at, um, so we've developed multiple programs. The first thing we've done in a sense is to, through both the previous Big grant and this grant is to develop a unified um, Alabama-wide consortium focused on on plasma physics, and so this involves um, sort of south to north. Um, you know, the the um, um, University of South Alabama and Mobile, University of Alabama in 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 Tus- in, in Tuscaloosa, uh, Tuskegee University. Um, um the Alabama State University in Montgomery, University of Alabama and Birmingham, Auburn, University of Alabama and Huntsville of course, um, Alabama um A and M, um, even Oakwood um is involved in this. So it's a, it's it's an extra so so we've got that established and we've built collaborations so it looks and feels very much like an Alabama wide effort. And Alabama has quite remarkably widely distributed plasma expertise. The third aspect then is to develop the undergraduate and graduate population entering the workforce with plasma expertise. So there's an educational component that, we're, that we've been working on. And furthermore, we're putting out um, students and we have more students than we can feed into the workforce currently um, as as interns. But this is a Interesting and innovative intern program whereby the students are paid for and supported by the grant, and they can spend a summer working in a commercial in, an, in a commercial environment um, that has a plasma focus in their efforts, and so that um, that is uh, that is current and underway, and we're already populating uh, multiple industries uh, multiple commercial. Um, um, uh, Companies uh, with with our students, and both the students and the employers uh, find that it, in fact it works out extremely, extremely well. So that's one effort. Um, we have a um, statewide effort that uh, is also drawing in students and providing them with a ten week camp that effectively teaches them plasma physics and puts them to work on, on on research projects whether applied as in the technology or more modeling and theory for 10 weeks over the summer. Uh, we also have a camp that we send students to both Germany and South Africa so that they can learn more about something called space weather, which is another application of, of interest to us. We have this broad summer sort of pro set of programs that, that engage our students and introduce them to different elements of plasma and their, and 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 even the commercial sector to some extent.
0: You're already working with some companies. Are you looking for others? And if companies want to be involved, how how do they do that? Do you seek them out, or can they come to you?
1: We, we would love to hear from different companies. Um, as I said, um, we've got more students and we have companies. Interestingly enough, it's a little bit of our needing to educate uh, the business community as well as to the opportunities. Um, you know, there tends to be a sort of siloed perspective, unfortunately, with, you know, certainly in science, but also with, with um, the sort of academic world and the business world. And we don't talk to each other very well. We're trying to set up that, that conversation. And so I would be delighted, and you're very welcome to share my email. Uh, We would be delighted to hear from companies. We've been reaching out to several companies already uh, ourselves over the past three, four, five years. Um, But the more companies we can hear from, especially companies that may not yet be in as large as Lockheed Martin or any of those, but who are building, well, here's an opportunity where you can get a smart young uh, student come into work over the summer and you can possibly persuade that person to stay on at essentially no cost to you other than putting them to work and investing a little time in, you know, introducing that student to your your business activities.
0: And since this is all audio, can you tell us your email address, please?
1: So it would be, um, Gary.Zank at edu.
0: Gary, I can't let you go, let you off the hook without asking you this question. Um, and again, in, in some of the, the research I did for this, I was told that you have been described as maybe the smartest man in Alabama. And I want to know, number one, what do you think about that? And number two, is it a lot to live up to?
1: In a sense, it's a lot to live up to. There, are, it, it, it occasionally surfaces. It first surfaced as we were going to have drinks at, with a friend at a bar, Um um regrettably it it hasn't translated into free drinks for the rest of my life but um <laughs> it it can be a little bit it can it's a it's a conversation starter if nothing else so <laughs> so i treat it i take that perspective
0: well uh, this is a nice segue i like to end these podcasts with a group of questions called business casual where i take you mm-hmm. out of your Your business realm. Sometimes, I mean, it it may be business-oriented answers, uh, but ask you some more pop-culture-y type questions. Um, Are you a reader? Can you tell me what you're reading these days? Yeah, I'm something of a
1: vociferous reader, I guess. Um, I discovered the pleasures of of Kindle, which means I can carry books around in my phone. And so um, when I'm out I guess, occasionally shopping with my wife, which happens, um, if I can slip off quietly while she does her thing, I sit and uh, and read my book, which is great on a phone. Um, so rather stupidly, I, you know, I'm sure, um, Amazon did this deliberately where they introduced these kinds of reading streaks. So I have, um, so I have fallen prey to that. So, um, so currently, I I think at day 342 in a row of 102 weeks of continuous reading, and that should be longer. I'm quite bitter over this in a way since I flew to New Zealand last, week, last year, uh, just after July, uh, once New Zealand had lifted their restrictions to visit my daughter who lives there, and I forgot that we crossed the date line. And so the reading streak that I was on was promptly lost. <laughs> so I guess they don't account for that. So this is subsequent. So this three forty-two <laughs> days is subsequent to that. But um, but the, la- the, the one of the interesting last books that I read was something called Over the Edge, which is a essentially a biography of, of Magellan. And of course, I'd read a lot about or heard a lot about Magellan and sort of read a little bit of over time, you know, 40 years ago as, as in history, I guess, lessons. But um, but the book was a real eye opener. And, and it turns out, I guess, that I knew and I suspect many people don't know very much about Magellan and and in some sense, the 16th century in which he lived and and worked. And I would recommend that to to anybody who's interested a little bit in sort of exploration and the hardships of exploration in the 16th century. Really, really interesting and quite insightful book, which I I thoroughly enjoyed.
0: Gary, you're you're working in some pretty heavy duty topics and doing a lot of interesting things that I know take up a lot of your time. Uh, Do you have time to unwind at all? What would be your perfect Saturday if you're not at work?
1: One of the sort of Passions, um, I often try to describe it to people from Alabama as, as um, you know, Alabama is fanatical about football. And I completely understand that fanaticism because I feel the same way about rugby. So having grown up in South Africa, playing and watching rugby most of my life, um, I, I sort of have that same passion. So an ideal Saturday morning, I it turns out you can get on to something called Flow Rugby and you can watch um, sort of current games live or shortly after they're played. So a perfect Saturday would typically start with watching a game of rugby. And then at least perhaps not in the summer, going out and spending time in the garden. I sort of discovered during the pandemic that a lot of pleasure can be derived from growing plants. And so um, I'm definitely aging myself, but um, it turns out that that's kind of an ideal Saturday. And then just kind of unwind with friends and you know, maybe dinner or something in the evening. So very ordinary.
0: I'm sure you've been given a lot of advice over the years, good and bad. Can you share some of the best advice you've been given?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of interesting advice that's given. And I think to a large extent, most of it is largely irrelevant. You know, we hear all the the time about um, from graduation ceremonies and things about following your passion. And, you know, okay, that's fair enough. But I would say um, if you have the opportunity to work with people that are younger and smarter than you, take it because that is the probably the best advice I think uh, anybody ever gave me. You know, young people are just bright, agile, fresh, new minds, and and um, lots and lots of energy, much more than we have now. And and working with with those kinds of people is just Stimulating and it keeps you younger. And, and, and I, I would say that if you have that opportunity to work with young people, engage them, that's probably the best thing you can do.
0: Well, you may have just answered my final question, but what is the best part of your job?
1: I I like research. Um I would I have spoken to my dean and others about getting out of my administrative positions um and being able to spend you know, as much as thirty or forty percent of my time on research would be, you know, just absolutely ideal. So those are the times I really treasure. I, I talking about young people, I kind of not really joking, but I kind of suggest that I'd like to be them again where they have the opportunity to essentially spend ninety percent of their days working on interesting problems. And uh, that's pretty much I guess my passion.
0: Well, Gary, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. This has been fascinating.
1: Well, you're very welcome, and thank you, Alec. And it was very nice to talk to you, and hopefully this will be um, an opportunity for people in the business community uh, and and elsewhere to um, c- contact and follow up if they have ideas and are enthusiastic about this. It's a great opportunity, I think, for Alabama to really become a world-recognized powerhouse in plasma physics.
0: My thanks to Dr. Gary Zank of the University of Alabama in Huntsville, and to you, the listener, for joining me today on the Business Alabama podcast. Until next time, this is Alec Harvey. Find more from Business Alabama in our monthly magazine and online at businessalabama.com.